91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. Music and Ideas, 91.3 KBCS, Bellevue. Up next, there are more bat varieties in the world than any other animal outside of the order Rodentia, or rodents. Among the types of bats are the ones associated with Halloween. Though our local bats have migrated to central Washington to hibernate, Seward Park Audubon Center lead naturalist Ed Dominguez and KBCS's Yuko Kodama talked vampire bats at the water's edge one evening in Seattle's Seward Park this past August. You know, as being the second most numerous uh, order in the mammal kingdom, um, they play a very important role. From the fruit-eating bats that are uh, the primary, if not the only, propagators of passing seeds from tropical fruiting plant trees and shrubs to many bats that are nectar-eating bats and are the prime pollinators for many plants. Some bats are specialized to pollinate desert plants that open only at night when it cools down. Some bats specialize in eating fish. Some bats specialize in eating frogs and snakes. And uh, our bats are insect eaters. And some bats, as you know, specialize on drinking blood, the vampire bats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about those. There's so much story around that. (laughs) There are only three species of vampire bats in the world, and they're all in southern Mexico, Central America, and South America. Two of those species primarily practice vampirism on birds, and the third does on very large mammals, such as uh, livestock mammals. Vampire bats have special sensors in their noses where they can detect blood vessels close to the surface of skin. So they'll find a a bird or a mammal. They have very sharp bicuspid teeth. The teeth don't even have enamel on them. They're just pure bone so that they always stay sharp. They make a very slight incision. And then the bat's saliva has a powerful anticoagulant, one that's even being, um, you know, experimented with for medical use where you need to have anti-blood clotting materials. They make a little incision, the blood flows, and unlike Dracula, who sucked the blood out of its victim, the vampire bats drink the blood with a special groove they have in their tongues. And they'll drink between a teaspoon and a tablespoon of blood per incision. Their goal is to keep the host alive, so they actually have an antibacterial property in their saliva that keeps the wound from becoming infected. They drink a small amount of blood that really doesn't hurt the animal, and then they fly off. That's wild that they have both the anticoagulant and an antibacterial in their saliva. Right. Wow. They have a vested interest in keeping their hosts alive so that they can use them for future meal sources. Now, in the fossil record, we have vampire bats fossils that have been found in central Florida and one location in North Carolina. But that was back in the Miocene period and uh, nothing vampire bats in North America now. So there's only three species and they're in South America and Central America and the southern part of Mexico at times. So you don't have to worry about vampire bats, you know, looking for you as prey because Most of them are looking for birds or very, very big farm animals. You know, there have been several hypotheses as to, you know, why blood of all things? Ooh, there's one went right by our faces. (laughs) And it's, you know, one of the hypotheses is that the bat originally 
saw a wound on an animal, let's say a large, you know, farm animal or ungulate, and it went down to investigate while the animal was sleeping. And as kind of gruesome as it is to say, many times wounds or sores on the back of an animal, flies will lay their eggs and you, you get actually get maggots that are eating on the flesh around the wound. So the bat came down, it's hypothesized originally to get a protein-rich diet of the fly larva and maybe got a little bit of blood as kind of a side, you know, benefit. To, to eating the eating the maggots. And then it just kind of evolved so that if there wasn't a sore with a larva on it, the bats learned to make their own and just drink the blood. And they had to acquire some special adaptations in their digestive tract and in their kidneys to uh, deal with all the, the concentrated iron that's in blood. But they've done so, and that's how three species of bats make their living. Hmm. But not on humans. I mean, there's enough nutrients and blood then to, to keep, you know, an animal going, huh? To keep that those three particular species going, yes. Wow. There goes a bat flying oh, yeah. by right in the sunset. That's so cool. The local bats have already migrated to central Washington to hibernate, but that clip was from August, when Seward Park Audubon Center lead naturalist Ed Dominguez was with KBCS's Yuko Kodama, and they stood on the banks of Andrews Bay in Seattle's Seward Park. You're tuned into 91.3 KBCS, listener-supported radio. We are online at kbcs.fm.